everyone, and welcome to the Utah Film Pod. My name is Josh Terry. I will be your host, and I am joined today by Mark LaRocco and our old friend Steve Sales, who is back. The uh, co-host of the KSL Movie Show with Doug Wright. And uh, what else are you doing these days? Um, I do uh, K-Bear. You are doing K-Bear. I wasn't sure if you were still doing that one. Yeah, we do it at like 7 o'clock in the morning, which is way too early for me. (laughs) That's why I wouldn't know. (laughs) Yeah, that... 7 is way too early for me, too. Well, welcome back, Thank you. and uh, and welcome back to you, Mark. It's uh, I guess uh, this is our first. We uh, we took the week of uh, you know Christmas off, holidays, and all that kind of stuff. But uh, we wanted to come back together for one last episode before the end of the year. And guess what we're going to do? We're going to talk about the best of the year. Kind of predictable, not really the most original idea, but it seems like a pretty good topic. I've got some I've got some thoughts on that. But uh, how are you guys doing? Great. Doing really well. Yeah. I had a great yeah, Christmas. Nice. Yeah, everything turned out nice. So are you guys going to do anything fun for New Year's? Anybody got any plans? Uh, prime rib dinner at my uh, neighbor's house. We're going to my friend Mark's. He's kind of sponsors the uh, our little strato group. And it's all the crazies get together on New Year's Eve. And we decide whether we're going to blow stuff up or not. <laughs> it's There's a decision to be made. It's As we it's get not... older, it's like, are we really going to go to midnight? No, let's not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, my uh, my my enthusiasm and, and uh, initiative with New Year's Eve has definitely tapered off yeah. as the years go by. Yep. I don't uh, currently have any plans yet. But, uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. I'm just we're just going to wing it. But uh, but in the meantime, how about uh, how about we talk about some movies? We're uh, we're just about at the end of the year. Um I haven't seen nearly, you know, I haven't seen as many movies this year as I've seen in previous years, um, but did see a pretty good chunk. Uh, on our last episode, um, Steve, I was talking to Mark about some of the movies I was watching to get ready for the uh, the UFCA vote, yeah. and so uh, that was that was a bit of a marathon, and uh, so I feel I feel like I have some more to work with, um, but I don't know. I have I have pretty mixed feelings about this year, and maybe I'll, I'll kind of let them come out as we go, but. I think basically what we're going to do is just kind of take turns and talk about some of the movies. Well, let's let's start off on a positive note. We'll start. We'll talk about some of our favorite movies of the year, and uh, go over what we thought was, you know, some of the best the best work, some of the best things that we would recommend to anybody. Um, and then, uh, you know, as we go, maybe we can also talk about some of the stuff that didn't work out quite as well, or anything that uh, just kind of comes up along the way. But I think Steve, since you are our guest, mm. uh, we'll go ahead and, and put you on the spot. And, uh, you know, no, no need for like a full official 10 top 10 or ranked or anything like that. Why don't you just tell us about some of the movies that you like best and, and then, uh, we'll see, uh, see where it goes. Well, uh, I'm going to go unabashedly with probably a movie that everyone loved. I don't know anyone. I I read one review of a guy says, um, it glamorizes the military industrial complex. (laughs) And so I'm referring to Top Gun Maverick, which I just watched Uh again last night and I had oh, I hadn't seen it since we originally saw it and I thought oh I'm not gonna like it as much I think I liked it more I really really enjoyed that movie it was probably the wow. most entertaining so where, film of the year did you see it in the theater again or did you see it at I home? saw it at home I was watching it it's on okay. uh, Paramount Plus now uh, if you have okay if you have that streaming device it uh, I watched it on there and just completely enthralled loved 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 it well, so I find that interesting because I was wondering, because it was, I mean, first off, it was one of my favorite movies of the year as well. 
but I was wondering how well it would translate when we're watching it at home because it is such a cinematic movie, right? Yeah. I mean, because we didn't we see it in uh, we saw it on IMAX, I think. Yeah. When we when we reviewed That's it, right. and of course it was incredible there. But you're you're saying that at home it still still packs a punch. Well, you know, most of our stuff nowadays. I mean, we spend a little money. We get a big, you know, big screen TV with the sound and everything. You know, with the I got a Bose system, so I, I've got a pretty good setup. And of course, the closer you sit to the screen, the bigger it looks. And so, mm-hmm. um, you know, with the big sound and the closeness of the screen, I I enjoyed it as much as I did. I mean, I, I it did it sounded and looked so much better on the IMAX, but still, you know, for a home entertainment, the thing was off the charts. Nice. I mean, you you said you almost liked it better the second time around. Well, I knew, you know, every time you see a movie again, you you know when to prepare for what. And so there's there's certain scenes that I was looking forward to and anticipation. Um, I really, what really surprised me was the excitement towards the end of that movie when, you know, everything was going crazy and they're trying to bomb that undisclosed nuclear site, whatever. And and the uh, the tension that built up around that and and the silliness of, you know, digging up an old F-14 Tomcat or whatever the heck that thing was. It oh, right. Pulled it out of the bargain basement of a, whatever country they were in, you know, and managed. I mean, that's all just nuts, but it, it, it worked. I just enjoyed the heck out of it. Yeah, nice, nice. Yeah. So what, what else? Uh, well, I guess we could just kind of jump we, in because this this one was on my list too. Yeah, I I, sure. I think maybe that's a good idea. Like especially these top movies, we all kind of give our view of it, and I I agree. Like that's my number one movie of the year, so I 100% agree with Steve. I I had the same experience. I think we all saw it at the IMAX. I took yeah. my wife again about a month and a half or two months later. Or I guess it was in about July, and loved watching her reaction. I mean, we were in a packed house again. Um, and then I received it <laughs> uh, uh, as a birthday gift. And oh, so I showed nice. my kids. Uh, we watched it about three or four weeks ago. And we have, an, we have a decent setup. We've got a 70-inch and surround sound. And so it's really fun to watch, uh, watch movies on that. Um, and I was just like, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if it's like a perfect. It may be like a perfect action like blockbuster movie. You know, it really doesn't step wrong. In, in any scene um, and it hits it has lots of good one-liners and you know there's no uh, all the characters are just like exactly who they need to be you know for the movie they don't need an enemy you just say the enemy I guess you don't need to name a country and tick mm-hmm. off some somebody you know <laughs> like I noticed that the international market it, it was very deliberate it was very intentional that they just say the enemy right yeah. Um, and no one ever questions it. You know, you always want some, someone to raise their hand in their class like, who? Wait, where are we going? You know, yeah, it doesn't matter. Um, it doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter at all. Just put us in the plane and like go as fast as you can. So, yeah, yeah, I loved it. Well, and I remember when we were talking about it in our when we reviewed it on the podcast earlier this year, I remember one of the things that, that really stood out that, that still kind of stands out in my mind is just how how straightforward it is to follow, like for an mm-hmm. action movie. And for an intense action movie, you never feel like you don't understand what is happening and what's going on. Like the way that they lay out the plan and like, we're going to train for this. We have to do this, then this, then this. Like it's, it just seemed like that. That's the most important aspect of the movie, but it did kind of stand out. Yeah. It was just the way that, as opposed to kind of the, 
the throw it all at the screen chaos of a lot of other kind of action movies. And, you know, I'll stop short of naming names. We all know, you know, guilty parties, but, but this one just seemed so well-crafted and well put together and well executed. Um, I mean, I remember at the time thinking one of the only things I felt a little bit shaky on was that it felt like the end was the last, you know, the last act, maybe the last half hour was a little rushed in kind of what was happening from, from place to place. Mm -hmm. But even that, just kind of seemed like, well, if I have to find something that I didn't think was 100% letter perfect, but I don't know. I mean, I think what's, I think what I find most interesting now at the end of December is that I saw this thing. I mean, when, when did we see it? Was it April or was it, was it March? Yeah, when May. did it actually come out? I think out? it was May. Honestly. Was it May? Yeah. Well, so first half of the year for sure. Yeah. Right. And I remember seeing it and thinking, this is the best movie of the year so far. Mm-hmm. And I remember wondering, am I still going to feel this way at the end of the year? Right. And it's the end of the year, and I still feel like it's the best right. movie of the year. Yeah. <laughs> which, that, which I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, right? Right, like, yeah. right. That's that's kind of what's funny about it is that... Well, that does know, describe the, the dearth of maybe some other great films that we were hoping for towards the end of yeah. the year. Um, but there were a couple yeah. of things. I loved the humility of Maverick this time around. He was a brash mm-hmm. young man 30 years ago, and now he's you know got his together and... He's just a calmer person, and I really appreciated the reverence for uh, Val Kilmer's character. I thought that oh, was yeah. perfect, yeah. perfectly done. The way they used As him much, was right. Yeah, exactly right. And and I agree with the humility part. Like he, well, I think his acting in this is great because he's so conflicted about how to deal with Rooster, yeah. um, and and it makes sense. It wasn't like some sort of fake contrivance that's just not believable. I guess the only thing is like how old is rooster that's a little hard for me to understand since the original movie came out in 86 and he was a little boy but you know the movie was supposed to be released three or four years ago or five years ago or whatever it was and and you know tom cruise was uncompromising he's like this is a theater movie this is a theater only release and he was right yeah right to do it i mean you could see he was justified vindicated i guess by that decision um but his fingerprints are all over this movie i mean i know he didn't direct it he wasn't the only producer but there's shades of like Mission Impossible and, um, you know, like it felt kind of like a Mission Impossible movie in a way. I think they even make a little joke, a little reference about how impossible their mission is, you know, they have oh. to do. Um, but and I also love how it starts fast, too. I mean, the very, very opening scene is basically the 1986 Top Gun, right? Yep. But then they jump right into that that Mach 10 test that's about to be shut down and he does it anyway. And that just like, it just, it's such a great beginning, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. We, you know, it's, a, it's a perfect hero movie. Yeah. Like it's a great, I, I remember, I remember expecting things to happen and thinking, oh, well, this is kind of predictable because I know what's going to happen with this character and I know what's going to happen here. Mm-hmm. But it was done so well that it almost feels like they just wanted to have the ultimate hero movie mm-hmm. you know and with with the different character arcs and the different things I, I i feel like i'm kind of talking around it because i don't want to for any for the sake of anybody who hasn't watched it yet i don't want to you know talk about stuff that happened too late in the movie but but there were definitely things that that felt like okay well i they could have done this differently to surprise us but by doing it the way we expect it almost seems like they're just really making this just like the perfect example of what this kind of movie is. It felt, it felt like a throwback in that way. Right. Well, first of all, if, uh, if, if the box office numbers are even close to accurate, yeah. everyone's <laughs> watched it. 
So I don't think you need to yeah, worry about at least <laughs> once. Think I'm okay. Think I'm okay. Right. All right. That's probably that's probably true. That's probably true. Okay. Well, so I guess that's the end of the episode because best of twenty twenty two is Top Gun Maverick. So I don't know if there's anything else to Consensus cover at this point. Pick. But <laughs> well, there's got to no, be. No, go other... ahead, Steve. Steve, go ahead. What else? What else have you got for well, us? Well, there's a couple other films I really liked. Um, she said I thought that was an, an incredible film uh, that dealt with you know all the the mess with. Um, Oh, what's his name? Um, oh, Harvey, Harvey, Harvey Weinstein. 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 Yeah, yeah. yeah and, and the fact that um, that these women were so dedicated to, you know, it, it kind of reminded me of all the president's men in that mm. it was a very well-done journalistic movie, um, but it, it had more than that. It was it had the idea that um, we've got to get this guy. We've got to make an example of somebody because this stuff has to stop. And... I just thought the way they did it and the and the actors that they had in, in this movie, I, I was enthralled the whole way, and I was told it was going to be as boring as all get out, and I, I, I hung on every word. I thought it was really, really well done. So, so I have a follow up question on that because I so I didn't see that one. Okay. That was that was on the the list of like here's here's the huge list of movies that we're potentially going to vote right. on, and I didn't didn't get to that one. But what I'm what I'm curious about, so so the movie focuses on basically hunting down Weinstein, right? Like you were saying. Yeah, trying so, to get people so what is to it? admit get people to actually talk about it, and that was the hardest part. Yeah, there was tons of people that had had experiences with Weinstein, and they just didn't want to go public because you know, I mean, he could ruin lives and careers. So once a few people kind of stepped forward, and then they really had to. I mean, some of these I had to really grind to get them to step up. But once a few people did, and they saw that, you know, hey, if she's brave enough to to speak up, then I should as well. Yeah. Hmm. How does how does the movie? Because this is something I've been just kind of wondering about, just with the the, the greater Me Too story in general. Yeah. Is what what is the catalyst for this? Because one of the things I found that I, I just kind of noted as this whole thing was unfolding was that I basically had the understanding. That, that this kind of behavior was prevalent and rampant in Hollywood for decades. Right. And so I guess what I'm wondering is, what was it that finally made someone flip the switch and say, enough's enough, we're going to start going after, you know, and, and Weinstein is the first, you know, first guy on the list, right? The, 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 the chief offender. Actually, did, did the movie kind of portray that? It or? did. It kind of started with the idea that they were going after Trump. Uh, and oh. and then that kind of fell apart. And they were, all right, what are we going to do now? We need to, okay. we really need to address this issue. And nobody wanted to deal with Trump. So, um, you know, Harvey was, I guess, next man up. I mean, I don't want to make it sound like they were looking for <laughs> I know, people to yeah, go after. You want to be respectful about but it. It's but it's the New York Times and, you know, they had all the players in there, the editors, the editors in chief, you know, and they were making, you know, really tough decisions. Okay, go talk to this woman in in San Francisco. Find out what she, she worked for Harvey back in the day and all this. And they had to go to, to England and talk to a woman there. And that scene was just absolutely amazing. Um, hmm. So it was just the empowerment of it, I guess, and the idea that these women that were um, the journalists that were doing the story also had families that they had to take care of. So th they'd be in the middle of conversation like, 
you what did Harvey do? Okay, can I come talk to you? Um, sweetheart, can you put the kids to bed? You know, it was <laughs> that kind of thing where yeah. they actually had to, you know, shuffle things around a bit. And uh, I think Zoe Kazan played one of them. And um, shoot, I don't know why I can't remember Mulligan. her name. It was Carrie Mulligan. I Carrie think. Mulligan yeah. was the other one. Yeah. yeah. And they okay. worked together, you know, the kind of tag team. All right, you go talk to her. I'll go talk to this one. And they collaborated and, you know, came through. It was just a really good movie. So I don't know if this is a good question or not, but how did Mulligan's performance compare to, and of course I'm, I'm blanking the name of the movie she did. Was it last year or the year before? Yeah. Promising, uh, Promising Young Woman. Promising Young Woman. Yeah. Well, how did that, it, this one's I a mean, little uh, bit is, more. Is it too much apples and oranges? Or It is. Well, definitely two different movies because there's nothing salacious about what she's doing in this movie. She's definitely on the right the whole way through. In, in that movie, it was about a wounded animal, frankly, and she was determined yeah. to, you know, you know, exact some revenge. retribution. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> right, right. But she's cool. really good in it, and uh, yeah, I yeah. just it's just one of those movies. It, when you hear Sean Means behind you tapping his notepad, you know, in the in the big uh, <laughs> third act, you know, he, you've got some people's attention that normally just kind of sit back and go, eh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mean to call good. Sean out, but I could tear him back there. Yes. You know. I, I I want I plan that's on my list. I want to see it because I I kind of like some of those journalists or heroes movies. That was our, I mean I I majored in journalism and so I I remember thinking all the president's men, Spotlight was only seven years ago maybe, that was a big one of those movies. Um, another one I right. saw the early at the beginning of this year was Collective. I don't know if you saw that one. That was the uh, documentary uh, about the fire in. Romania um, and kind of everything no. that led to oh, it's an amazing movie. I did not see this film. It's so good, and I think it was nominated for best foreign film and best documentary. Like got into two categories a couple of years ago. Yeah, um, okay. it's it's another one of these like the journalists or the heroes kind of movie. I mean, it has more. It gets a little bit more involved in the political, the behind the scenes of the politics of some of the politicians involved in it. But well, you're um, right. Spotlight is a, a probably a better comparison. Yeah, it, it's a whole team of people you know trying to. Yeah, uh, it's a work team, and it's out. about sexual offenders. I, I think to answer and probably Josh's original question, from what I've read is, so Weinstein was if you could co sort of like take him down, then the dominoes would fall. Like you could really take down a lot of other people, and he actually straight up, I mean, he's been accused of like sexual assault, like rape. Oh, so yeah. we're not just talking right. about like. Uh, sexual harassment or someone who is questionable whether or not they've abused their power you know like it was it's pretty serious stuff that he was accused of once it all started coming out well, and they were very kind of love like about Bill it because they were nervous because you know i mean weinstein had yeah. a lot of power and if he yeah didn't like you or he, he thought you were after him he'd take you down and you'd you'd never be heard of again yeah, it's so, almost yeah. like a almost like a police procedural hunting down a serial killer maybe where you have to be sure you've got the right like you get it just right, or it's gonna everything's gonna get screwed up. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. I, I need to see it. I really want to see that movie. So I'm glad you recommended it. Well, Steve, if you compare that to all the President's Men, then that's a that's a hefty recommendation yeah. in my book. I, I love that movie. Yeah. That's I mean, a me, me that's too. a good one. Nice. Okay. So what what else what else have we got on? Well, the um, early on in the year, did you see the outfit? I did. With, I finally did. Mark. I didn't see it until about a month ago, but I did see that it. one's kind of stuck in my head as one of the early, you know, early half movies. So I, I like that movie. Um, 
I really liked White Noise. Did you get a chance to see White Noise? Um, I started it. Oh, you did not. <laughs> Again, finish. this is one of those films that you just had to be in that right frame of mind. And I just was looking for some really good word, screenplay, people conversing back and forth, rapid fire. And, and okay. that was White Noise for me. Adam Driver and... So we okay. So we have not talked about white noise on this on this podcast. Okay. So why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about it? Because I remember you saying that you really really liked it, yeah. and and I don't think you were the only one of the critics who who felt that way. And so no, Renshaw so really I liked did, it as well. Scott did did, did Scott yeah. really like it? Um, and then I so I did try it out, but after a little while, I just kind of couldn't get into the rhythm of yeah. it. And since I was trying to cover as many bases as possible, sure. I just moved on to other things. But I'm going to, if you can convince me to go back and revisit it and give it another chance. Well, really, it's about a family, a husband and wife, and these amazingly bright kids that ask all the right questions. They seem to, it's like a he's a professor at a college called College in the Hills or something. It's a very obscure name. And he teaches... Uh, Nazi studies, uh, trying to understand the whole Third Reich yeah. and all that. So in, in itself, it's kind of almost amusing. Like, really? We're going to talk about Hitler? Uh, and then he, this family, they're just really bright kids. And um, his wife is taking some strange drug. She's on a program because she's depressed. and she, But you know, he mentions the name of the drug, and nobody knows about it. He steals one of her pills and takes it to the, to the college, and nobody knows what the substance is. And so there's a mystery there. And then there's a, a train derailment in the town they live in, and it becomes sort of this strange, uh, like this cloud is moving towards us, and the kid's like, Dad, I think it's coming our direction. He goes, no, no, it's, it's going the other direction. I'm sure they'll let us know if it's a serious. Just relax. Let's have dinner. And the whole thing it just it escalates, and then all of a sudden there's a police car going by like we need to evacuate immediately evacuate immediately <laughs> and they're all like dad you told us to relax and he goes well it's just time to not relax let's go they get in the family uh, station wagon like kind of like the uh, the griswolds and they go on this weird little adventure to try to get away from this cloud and then it's all about okay. how you prepare for an emergency how you over some people overreact and underreact uh and then it goes in another direction. I know it sounds like it, this shouldn't work at all, but I just was, I was completely enthralled with this movie. It was Noah um, Baumbach. Noah Baumbach, yeah. right? Yeah. Well, and it's, and Greta Gerwig yeah. is in the movie. Like she plays His wife. wife. Yeah. And I guess one of the reasons this stood out to me is because I think aren't the two of them behind the Barbie movie that's coming out next year? Yeah, they're actually married. Noah and uh, Greta, they're together. Okay. Well, either okay. married or whatever they do. I don't know, these crazy Hollywood kids these days. <laughs> but they're they're a couple, and yeah, they are. Yeah. And they worked on a few projects together, and she's just amazing in this. It's a strange movie. I you're gonna watch it and you go, I don't know, Steve's lost his mind, I think. But for some reason, it just <laughs> caught me in a in a really cool way, and I just. I was just mesmerized the whole way through. But no one's seen it. I mean, it, now it's going to open this weekend uh, on Netflix, I think. Uh, it was in theaters oh, okay. for a bit, and you know, it's kind of just been laying there. But it opens this Friday. so Okay, because I was streaming. wondering why I hadn't heard anything about it until... I mean, they gave us this monster promotion package box full of stuff. Yeah. 
when uh, uh, you know a few weeks ago before the vote, and that was that was the first I had heard of it. I didn't know if I had just missed the the screening or or what it was, but. But, uh, well, it's a hard movie to get a, to wrap your arms around, and then once you start going along with it and you appreciate the characters, then you just kind of go like, I think I want to see what's happening with these people. Okay. So you, you haven't... It, Mark, have you heard of this one? I, I have, yeah. The, it's actually based on... I, I hadn't read the novel, but there's a novel by Dom DeLillo that supposedly was unfilmable. Right. Um, it was written in the 80s. <laughs> And I don't know if anyone, maybe this is the first attempt. I don't know if anyone's even ever attempted it. Um, but I've heard that, and I've heard mixed reviews on it. Some critics really love it. Some just, it doesn't work for them. Um, but I plan to see it. And it's on Netflix, I believe. I think that's one of the ones that's, that's just available saying. on Netflix. So I, I haven't seen it. But Driver and Bombback, I mean, on Marriage Story, I that was one of my top okay. top of the year. I, don't okay. know if you remember. I think that was my third or fourth yeah. of the year. And I thought Driver should have won the Oscar. It went, ended up going to Joker, to Phoenix. Yeah, um, I agree. I thought so too. I thought he was okay because so I was going to ask what else what else Bombback had done. Yeah, he, and I yeah. didn't. I didn't really. So he did because that was that was this is his biggest movie though. I mean, <laughs> most of them are usually character pieces, just small mm-hmm. little okay. groups. Uh, I can't remember the other one. It was something in a. Something in a whale. No, I can't. That oh, the squid and the whale. Squid and the oh, whale. Squid and the yeah, whale. about his I know the title. Divorce. I don't think I've that seen the movie. Yes. Yeah, he did Kicking and Screaming. Francis Ha. Um, he's done. I mean, he he's kind of been moving up. He's been getting bigger and bigger budgets, and I think Marriage Story really helped because that that was a pretty big movie, a lot of nominations. You know. Well, this has definitely got a, a bigger feel to it. It you know it's out yeah. in fields and the trains derailment and all this stuff. So you know he's. <laughs> branching out but it's yeah. still really about people well, and the crazy stuff they do when they make strange decisions about whatever <laughs> okay well speaking of train derailments did you put fablemans on your list steve i did <laughs> well i i have it you know as a it's one of the films that i really enjoyed um and i i just i don't know i can't help it spielberg just draws me in um and it, it's not a perfect movie but i just Really appreciated him, him being so open about his family and, you know, and displaying his early years and growing up in Arizona and all that. Just, I thought that uh, Michelle Williams was incredible in that movie, and I don't know. I really liked it. I probably be in my top fifteen. I don't know. Spielberg movies. No, no, uh, the Fablements in oh, this year. Oh, top fifteen for the year. Yeah. Oh, yeah. for the year. Okay. Well, no, because that's so we wound up doing a Spielberg draft a couple of episodes ago, uh-huh. where we where we took turns picking among his films to see who could come up with a better lineup, and uh, and I think Fablements was just outside of our range because mm-hmm. we each picked picked ten, and and I don't know because I definitely liked it. I definitely liked the movie. Yeah. I kind of felt like. I enjoyed parts of it more than the whole. Like there were individual scenes and individual moments that I just really just loved. But then the movie as a total was like, oh yeah, no, that was good. It wasn't it wasn't Spielberg's best. Yeah. Um, there are some things I wasn't crazy about, but overall it was still a it was still a good. What movie. you're describing Which, to me though right now is what is how I felt about Babylon. There are some scenes in that movie that are oh, wow. beyond brilliant, and then there's some stuff. They made some really horf, horrific decisions. Uh, yeah. In the debauchery scene, at the the first thirty minutes is just almost unwatchable. Did you happen to see? Yeah. Did you see Babylon? 
I did. I didn't. Yeah. I I was considering it, and, and then, then I, I think I sent you heard, a text. <laughs> well, yeah, Mark Mark gave me the heads up that uh, because I I read the little the little descriptive blurb, right? Like, oh, it's about the the debauchery and the early like silent film era or whatever. And I just thought, oh, well, this is. Um, uh, oh my gosh, now I forget the director's name. La La Land. Damien Chazelle. And, and, that Damien Chazelle. Same guy. Yeah, yeah. And I thought. Yeah, and I thought, oh, well, this is Damien Chazelle, so, yeah, I mean, it might be a little crazy, but it's not going to be that big a deal, you know? And then and then I, I thought, yeah, oh, maybe to be safe here, and I start clicking on different, like, little review blurbs and stuff and talking about how this could be an NC-17 and, and all this stuff, Should've and been. I just thought, well, maybe I'll just let Steve say it first and then go <laughs> and decide. I feel like I'm the kid in that uh, cereal commercial. Let Mikey eat it. <laughs> so... Yeah, um, I I didn't see that one either. But but going going back to Fablemans, I um, so my problem with it, and I think I mentioned I I so Josh and you know we saw it together, and so I told Josh a couple of my sort of immediate reactions at the end of the movie. One of them was I had such high hopes for it because I'm a big Spielberg stan. You know, I just I just love him, and uh, he's my favorite director. So I had really 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 high expectations. So that's yeah. probably not fair because it didn't live up to him. But I thought it was still a good movie. Um, I, I found that as I read about some of the stories that they depicted in the movie after I saw it, and they were like 100% true, at least according to Spielberg, mm. it made me uh, have a little bit more respect for the movie, for what he did. Because like you said, he just he, he just spilled his guts on there, you know, on the screen. Um, he had to wait years and years to do it, and he essentially waited till his centenarian parents died right. to do it. Um, but like, even the scene, like where he finds out the truth about what's going on with his mom through his, you know, editing some, some footage. Yeah, that was, that so... was like a hundred percent true. Yeah. It was just mm. sad. It was just like heartbreaking, like that he has to do this. And he, he said that was a secret that he, he, he just kept between him and his mom, like his whole life. Yeah. Um, the John Ford all... scene also was, that yeah, was the John Ford exactly scene apparently, as it was. Yeah. He has told that like word for word almost. And yeah. so I didn't realize that either. I, I'm kind of glad I went into the movie sort of blind um, so yeah, a lot of it, but then there were certain parts of it that just were a little bit over the top for me, like the, the Christian girlfriend. I mean, it was funny, but it just didn't feel real. But then apparently that one hasn't been as, as confirmed in interviews by him as much as like, this is exactly how it happened. Um, it felt a lot more exaggerated. It yeah. felt like she I, was a composite character. Maybe, maybe so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I, as far as kind of his relationship with being Jewish and then kind of in a Christian community, I felt like the scenes where he was being bullied resonated a lot more. And then with the girlfriend, it just kind of seemed like kind of an attempt to be comic Mm -hmm. that just didn't, it kind of fell flat for me. But the, but the stuff of him kind of interacting with the other, the other guys at school, I mean, that was, Mm -hmm. you know, it's just not something you think about a whole lot, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. I guess, you know, but, uh, but I, no, there were, there were a lot of things like the, the John Ford scene, that is going to make yep, me self-conscious so. about every photograph I take the rest of my life. <laughs> I'm going to think about, oh, well, I, I better not have Where's the horizon the in the middle yeah. because that's boring. <laughs> I better move it around. That's that, funny. Was, that was so great. That was so great. The only thing I would, yeah. I think I disagree with you on, Steve, is for, at least for me, the Michelle Williams performance was, was over the top. And I remember thinking like, gosh, I feel like she's overacting. She's just kind of overdoing it the whole time. But then again, when I read afterward, I read about, how her mother supposedly his mother acted yeah. as opposed to his father 
like maybe that's how Mitzi or I, whatever her name was, you know, maybe, maybe that's just how she was sort of just flighty and artistic and impulsive. And, um, you know, like I, it just, it just kind of bothered me, but then I'm like, I, but I had to think later, I'm like, was it Michelle Williams performance that bothered me or was it Steven Spielberg's mother? So I don't know. Well, maybe, maybe his interpretation of his mother, you know? Right. Yeah, right. 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 No, I think, I think the moment with Michelle Williams that will stand out with me was, was when she was able to uh, kind of get the big, the big Spielberg moment um, when she was watching the film where, where, when he, when his, you know, child equivalent character in the movie Sam, shows his yeah. mom the clip mm -hmm. and she kind of has to sit there in the closet and watch it. And you're, you're not seeing any of the footage. You're just, just her face. locked her in on her face. Yeah. And her now, I, I forget the, the term we always use for it, but it's like the face, the, the Spielberg look, like the Spielberg oh, yeah. face, looking you know, up at the just screen. kind of the, the wide-eyed, you know, kind of uh -oh. that. And and it's just like there's this great range of you know this, then this, then this, then this, and it's all played out on her face like that. I gave, I think I mentioned this when we did, when we talked about it a few weeks ago, but like. If she winds up getting a nomination, my feeling is it's probably because of stuff like that because yeah. that that was really impressive. And uh, I, I think she I will. Remember. I think she will get an Oscar nom. She hasn't won yet either, so there are some that say she's due. Mm -hmm. Although I think it'll go to Kate Blanchett, but I think she'll get a nomination. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I wonder. I, when we get down to, I mean, I know that Oscars love Spielberg. Um, we haven't really heard much about the Fablemans, you know, well, as all these you know big accolades. Yeah. Right. The other problem is it really did not do well at the box office. I no. mean, there were complaints last year about West Side Story only making like 30, whatever it was, 40, 30 million. And um, this is like a 10 million, you yeah, know, which is extremely lot. unusual for a Spielberg release. But it didn't, it, yeah. th there were certain elements of it that were not as crowd pleasing as you kind of thought they might be. And, um, and also you kind of, I also wondered if there'd be more like Spielberg Easter eggs, like, Oh, he's going to do this. That's from his uh, his famous movie. Or he's going to sh show like a little forecasting yeah. of this other movie, and he really didn't because he was trying to show like, well, these were the movies I made in the nineteen sixties. You know, when I was a teenager, I wasn't yeah. making those <laughs> other movies yet. I mean, you get the kids on the bike, and you half expect the bikes to start going in the air. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then there's there's a little like he does the war movie and and talks about how he made it for his dad which is what he said later about saving private ryan how he made that for his dad and his dad's generation but mostly it was i think it was pretty authentic to how how it happened well i think it's funny that, what you know says. we don't really care about teen spielberg we want to know right. about our spielberg that's how i felt yeah and so we kind of felt, felt like we got ripped it. off well, even, even the yeah. relationship, like I knew that his parents divorced. And so I kind of thought my assumption was that was going to happen earlier. And again, a little bit of a spoiler, but I thought it would happen earlier in the movie than it did. So it felt like oh, kind of dreading this moment that's going to happen. Some big blow up. It kind of dragged on. I kind of thought, well, maybe they would deal with his separate lives at, at his separate parents, you know, houses. But that's not really how his childhood was. He was the oldest right. of four. And they, they didn't divorce till he was basically an adult, you know, so. My red flag moment in that movie was Seth Rogen. He showed oh, up. Oh, yeah. Like Seth I'm like, um, I'm out. <laughs> I, I yeah. thought, you've taken me out of the movie now because here's Seth yeah. Rogen. With his it's, hard, <laughs> it's hard for him not to be Seth Rogen in every single movie. Exactly. Yeah. But I guess if you like Seth Rogen, 
Sure. Bring it on. There you, know. you go. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, so Steve, I forced Fableman. I forced the conversation over to Fable, Fableman's. But did you have anything else on your list that, that you would like to uh, personally endorse? Well, you know, because you, you've already named a few that we haven't. Well, frankly, haven't seen. Well, Spirited. So. I hope you've seen Spirited because um, that's just my holy crap. That's going to be a new Christmas movie for me forever. I just enjoyed the heck out of that. Um, everything, everywhere, all at once. I, it's going to win a lot of stuff. I can see, I mean, from the, our critics group, you know, there's a crowd that was pushing for Top Gun, and then there was the majority that was really going for everything, any, everything all. And I thought it was a good movie, but I, I thought it felt a little gimmicky, and I don't know what your thoughts are, but that's going to be one that's going to be high on a lot of lists. I, I feel the same way you do. I, I think it's going to win a whole lot, but in saying that, I'm also kind of betraying the fact that I probably wouldn't give it awards myself. I I thought it was a good movie. I thought it was it was interesting and creative, and I appreciated the fact that they were trying to do something unique and weren't just kind of going by the numbers. I, I always have to give movies credit if they're if they're doing that kind of thing. It didn't grab me though. Um, it's the kind of movie where I can acknowledge that people you know are going to be impressed. And I, and I, I can admire and, and respect things about it, but it just didn't get me the way that apparently it's getting a lot of other people. And so I understand why it's in contention, but I wouldn't put it, I wouldn't put it on my own list of favorite movies for this year. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's, I'm trying to think of what it is exactly. I mean, this this might sound kind of kind of petty, but I am just so tired of the multiverse stuff. It seems like it's been this trend, like mostly in Marvel, and, yeah. and you know you got Loki and the new Doctor Strange movie and all this kind of thing. But I guess it just seems a little exhausting to me, and it just seems like kind of a bandwagon that everybody is jumping on, and you know, and I can't hold that entirely against everything, you know everywhere all at once you know it's it's but but it definitely didn't help to kind of think oh another one of these movies <laughs> where we're just well you know multiverse allows you to do anything loop, 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 you can right? go okay if it doesn't work here i can make a change over in this other universe and it just i mean and it I just know, kept coming it was just yeah exhausting it's the stakes it changes the stakes in a way that's kind of unfair when you get to go through a multiverse just like you can argue the same thing just about straight up time travel movies though right yeah but like mm-hmm. i i kind of found it to be i i i know it's going to be it's already been nominated for a ton of stuff and it's won some critics awards but when it comes to the big things like the golden globes and oscars i just don't think it's going to win because it's too weird it's too sci-fi e too multiversey normally sci-fi and just weird bizarre movies don't do that well with large bodies like huge different diverse bodies of people mm. um and I, I, I kind of had the same reactions. I really, really wanted to like it because I'd read a lot about how it was the big, you know, kind of sleeper hit of the year, the A24, A24's best movie ever, box office-wise. And um, I was a little bit confused at certain parts. Um, I did appreciate some of the more dramatic, slower kind of generational trauma scenes, I guess, with, yeah. with the family scenes. But then when it would speed up again and start going through 
multiverses. I, I mean, it was just, it was, it was a lot, you know, and it's weird too. Cause it's almost like there are parts where Michelle, Michelle Yao was kind of playing herself as like the, the movie uh, star yeah. on the red carpet. Right. It had right. like in the mood for love. It had the ratatouille, but it was actually Rakakuni, I guess, you know, which oh, was right. funny. That one always made me laugh. But so some of the, the, the little multiverses were, were kind of funny, but um, overall it was, I, I was just almost like waiting for it to end, you know, like, okay, where are we going with this? <laughs> the everything bagel thing, just weird. Yeah. Oh, the bagel. Yeah, right, the bagel right. and the googly eyes are like, okay, these rocks are sitting out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. I, just... I mean, I guess those guys are, maybe they're the next big thing, you know, the Daniels. Yeah, but you, and you saw Swiss Army Man, didn't you? I, I never I saw that one. Oh, yeah. you guys both were they saw... the ones? Were they the ones who did that? Yeah, that was nuts. Oh man, does it make oh, sense well, now, now? I love this movie. Yeah. Now it all makes sense. No, I Swiss Army Man was one of my. I don't know how I'd even say it. Like, I really enjoyed it, while acknowledging that it was just thoroughly bizarre and not for everyone. And Almost far. So I, did, I didn't realize that they were the same. Yeah, yeah. No, there's. I can. I can kind of see. Yeah. Uh, I can see a little bit of a connection there, but I was. That's that's interesting. I was reading about the Daniels because I'm like thinking, are they just like copying this trend? But they actually been working on this movie for years, and they were so depressed when Spider Verse came out. Oh, I bet. And then there was wow. a Rick and Morty episode that came out in <laughs> season two, and he almost stopped. He's like, I can't do this anymore. I'm going to look like a copycat. Uh, because the Rick and Morty sort of multiverse thing, if you watch this, everything, everywhere, all at once, it's it's pretty similar. But the okay. Daniels' claim that this was in the works for, for years, like they were kind of already coming up with this. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Oh, that's funny. That's funny. So so that, so that this one's kind of a 50-50 one for you, Steve, huh? Uh, yeah. I, I, I like Michelle Yeoh. I even liked um, um, Jamie Lee Curtis. I thought she was pretty good. And, you know, Short Round was, yeah. was cool. but. It just it, it exhausted me, and I'm like, okay. He will always be short round. I know, poor guy. <laughs> speaking um, of Spielberg, speaking yeah, of Spielberg, yeah. right, right. Okay, all right. So let's let's pitch it over to Mark now and see uh, see if you got anything else that, uh, that Steve didn't mention. And of course, if anything else comes up, let's just let's we'll cover all the bases we can. Okay. But, so, uh, Mark, Mark, what do you got on your list that uh, wasn't on, on Steve's? So now that I don't have to do an actual number top 10, I'll just tell you that I had three movies that were sort of like my three favorite movies of the year. And then I had a lot of others that are that I liked quite a bit. But then I had three that sort of stood out above the others. So the mm -hmm. first one we already talked about, which is Top Gun Maverick. Yeah. Um, the next one is one that I haven't seen on anyone's list ever the whole year, but I loved it. And it's weird. The Al Yankovic story. I have not that just, seen that. There were guys that were wanting to die on the cross for that movie at the UFCA. Remember Patrick? Were they talking about it? Because well, because oh. I had to, I had to leave partway through. Well, the the reason and it I, wasn't. I remember, yeah, because it wasn't given like an actual. It was given a TV rating instead right. of a M, uh, Oh, it was MPAA yeah. rating. So maybe no, this doesn't even count if we're talking about theatrical well, film. No, it counts. This but is our podcast. Are the same. I mean, they so were many with UFCA. movies. I mean, think of how many yeah. movies we only watch on streaming now. Anyway, they're gonna have to. The Oscars are gonna have to change their their rules eventually. But anyway, um, I heard I, it's hilarious. I, it's so funny and it's so perfect for a Weird Al story. If it were anyone else, it I don't. I just don't think it would work because you'd be like, why are they doing this? Why are they making up these? These, now, you know, this is on part. Roku, right? It's, it's on yeah. Roku, yeah, yeah, 
Um, but, but Steve, you can just, so what I did is you just get on their actual website. You just kind of Google Roku TV okay. and you can just watch it on a website. Like I thought that you had, yeah, I don't, I didn't Cause I have Roku, but I just, anything. I didn't know it actually streamed anything. I thought they were just a conduit for other people. Yeah. No, I just, I just watched it on my laptop. I didn't realize it was that because it seemed like it was this really obscure, you know, cause, cause Mark, you have like a Roku TV, right? Mm-hmm. I have a Roku yeah. TV, so we just watched it, but I've heard it. You can just. Go go on Google and look up Roku. Look look up Roku and stream it. I guess. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, we we do. We have a Roku TV, so that's how we saw it. And um, so it has all of the the thing I like about well a lot of things, but so there's a lot of weird Al fans out there, and they're not too shy about it. And a lot of them are celebrities. <laughs> like these are the people who are now in movies or in music that grew up listening to Weird Al, um, kind of like I did in the in the 80s. You know, Sunday nights on. Dr. Demento and then started buying tapes and and then CDs eventually. And so they all are in this movie. People like Lin-Manuel Miranda, Patton Oswalt. Um, I don't know about Rain, uh, Dwight Schrute. Rain Wilson. What's his real name? Rain Wilson. Rain Wilson. Yeah, he plays Dr. Well, Demento. And, uh, um, Conan's in it. Conan O'Brien. Conan. Yeah, Conan O'Brien. Um, and so, and, and it's just ridiculous. Like one of the early scenes in the movie, um, and, and I don't want to spoil it because I think it's good for you to have the experience of watching what yeah, kind Steve, of things they do with it. One. But there, there's a party that Making takes a place. Yeah, there's yeah. a party that takes place at someone's house. And there's a lot of like a lot of celebrities at this party played by other celebrities. It's like celebrities of yesteryear played by the ones from today. And some of the casting choices are just ridiculous. Like you just wouldn't do it in any normal movie. Um, and there are people, some of them whom wouldn't have even ever been at this type of party. But this is like how Weird Al would write songs. You know, he takes a normal pop song and parody it into just ridiculousness, yet it still somehow can improve on the original sometimes. And he's lasted a lot longer than many of the artists he's parodied. Um, And anyway, so it's just funny. I mean, it has kind of that, I don't know how to say it, puerile, juvenile, 13-year-old sense of humor sensibility about it. So... You know, that's maybe why you just don't see it on critics' lists, but I'm I happily recommend it. Um, so it's it's a guilty pleasure that people just don't want to. It's a guilty pleasure, this. and I'll watch it again <laughs> and again probably. Um, I don't know. I've only seen it once, so maybe it's one that upon revisiting I'll maybe be a little more embarrassed to recommend. But I just I loved it. Um, my third one is the Banshees of Inna Sharon. Um, yeah, that one just. It was I, I so normally when I watch a what they call a dark, dark comedy, for example, they often don't really make me laugh, even though I get what's supposed to be funny. But I usually enjoy it for the other elements of the movie, and this one actually did. Now it's not so much near the end; it's more like the first half maybe of the movie. There's so many funny conversations, and there's it's kind of four main performances, and that's really what the movie is. It's the two friends who have a falling out played by Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson. And then it's um, two supporting characters and another guy on the island who's who's kind of a dimwit, played by Barry Keough, um, Dominic. And then Carrie Condon from Better Call Saul, who plays uh, Colin Farrell's sister. Yeah. And she's great in it. She's and, fantastic. I mean, really, it's it could almost be a play that would be just hilarious. And I guess Martin McDonough, the director, he, he, he really has written tons of plays, more plays than movies. Um, it's very dark. Uh, it's not for everybody, uh, and and 
I think even near the end, I mean, I, it's maybe one of the reasons it's not my number one movie of the year is it gets it probably goes a little far in the in the tragic part of tragic comedy. <laughs> uh, but it could be darker. I mean, it, it doesn't have the the absolute <laughs> worst. I guess technically you're right, Mark. Right, right. I, I don't want to spoil. But anyway, I love I, when I look to the and I don't know if we're doing performances of the year, but for me, it's Colin Farrell. Um, I think he's because, a shoe in. I think he's going to win. Joke, you think he's I think got he in? should win. I mean, I was joking last last week or whenever we were talking a few weeks ago, like e- even his his eyebrows should win the Oscar. Um, like <laughs> you watch how he reacts to what the the bad news he gets from his former friend. And it's just so sad, but it's also kind of funny because he's, you can see the wheels turning in his head, trying to figure out what the heck he did to, uh, to lose this friendship. Yeah. And then he, the whole rest of the movie, every conversation he has with every other character, it's always sort of underlining what his motivations are. Like, how can he recover this lost friendship? And, and it, yeah. it may involve him making some bad decisions, you know, out of desperation. But he yeah. does seem like a nice guy. He, he's, he's called a dullard in the movie, and maybe he is kind of a, a dullard or a dimwit or just not the smartest guy. But um, you just feel so bad for him. Um, and I, I didn't know he had this in him. You know, I've never really, I'm not like a huge Colin Farrell fan, but I think it's like the best I've ever seen him. And uh, yeah, it's funny. It's, it's like I said, it's dark. Really beautiful setting on this fictional island of Inisherin. Um, and it takes place about a hundred years ago during the yeah, Irish Civil War, exactly, yeah. uh, which is kind of, you know, I guess it's so, supposed to be a metaphor about what's happening to this friendship. Like, why are these two people not even be, being friends anymore? Which is why is Ireland having a civil war? I guess there's some argument about whether or not it's even clear what what's being fought over in that civil war, which I guess lasted a couple of years. Um, so, yeah, you know, you know, Farrell's. I mean, I, I agree with you guys. I, I thought his performance was just so adorable. I mean, his, his character, such a, such a heartbreaking, you know, you, you really feel for him and, and just cringe over and over as he keeps trying to keep something going. That's just, it's just going to get worse, not better. Um, I think of all of his great moments though, the one that's going to stick with me and, and I just kind of have to refer to it just in general, but like, he there there's kind of a monologue probably around that spot mark you're talking where where things go real dark mm-hmm. where where he kind of has a little bit of a monologue and uh that that really stuck with me like he like things the whole movie is about escalation yeah right things kind of start small and just kind of get worse and worse and worse and there's a there's a point in the movie where where he and brendan gleason have a conversation and and he just he says some stuff that just, wow. I, I remember really feeling like, okay, we've we've crossed a threshold here. Yeah. And uh, you know, for the sake of anyone who hasn't seen it, it's you know, I, I don't want to give too much context about it, but but it was that was that was some great acting there. And that one, I mean, I I have Banshees and Top Gun Maverick as kind of my top two movies for the year, and then there's everything else. Um, I mean, Everything else all at like once? A, no. Bad <laughs> <laughs> no. choice of words. Let me, let me rephrase that. Let me rephrase that. No, I with there's there's those two movies, and and then filling out the rest of a top ten list is just oh yeah that's good oh that's mm-hmm. good yeah this is a good one this is a good one those two are the ones that really stuck with me 
and and that I will. I mean, I, I've got some others as well. That, you know, maybe we'll, we'll get to them. But uh, but it was it was it was a two horse race, I guess, if that's if that's the right way to put it. Yeah. You know, my thoughts on Banshees was I I was so depressed when I got out of that movie. I mean, mm. it wasn't just a breakup like a guy and a girl. When you break up with your best friend, that is a that is even more debilitating to me. Yeah. Than, well, than a relationship with a you know a, a right. And yeah, so, you expect to have breakups with the opposite sex, right? That's right. what that's what half of romantic comedies are about. But like with your best friend of the same gender in a yeah. platonic relationship, it it is sad. It's like it's tragic. I couldn't believe and it. I'm just like absurd. What are you guys doing? Right. <laughs> Stop. Yeah. Well, I think I think that's what makes it so fascinating and so right. You know, it just kind of grabs you is that it's such a simple you know, premise. How how motivated do you have to be to completely cut off? a friendship because and other things you know (laughs) (laughs) yeah yep i just when that started happening like what are we doing what are we doing because to me colin made sense i i i was with him i'm like please tell me what i've done wrong here and Mm -hmm. then and that um brendan was just like nope not gonna happen But think about it. If it were like a, a romantic uh, relationship and someone breaks up with them and the other person just continually pesters and harasses the breaker upper and wants answers, isn't that person then a, a, a stalker? A, yeah, like a stalker. Yeah. So, right, I mean, right. I could see, identi- you know, sympathizing with either. Yeah, but these are bros, man. Come on. These are bros. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you, you well, like... see, that's this is this is why I feel like the movie is meant to be more figurative and more metaphoric because once once things escalate to the area that we're talking about right i i started looking at this and saying okay this is this is not meant to be taken as a literal story this is meant to teach us the lesson that you know sometimes we are so we are so determined to do the wrong thing that we will do it at our own expense you know yeah we will we will shoot ourselves in the foot to get what we want when we when we become so determined and 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 I, so it gets, yeah, I mean, it's crazy. And, you know, when it first starts happening, you're kind of, wow, I didn't expect that. And then it just goes even more and you're thinking, okay, wow, we've really, you know, I did not see this coming, but, but that's kind of what kicked me in to say, you know, they're, they're, they're saying something at one level and, and at another level yeah. as well. And that's a good point. It, no, I hadn't thought of that. That's a good reading of it. Yeah. yeah it's, it's kind of like I said, uh, last time like there should be an irish expression of the phrase cut off your nose to spite your face um because that's kind of what happens some, well, like you said substituting like, some yeah yeah because they, they make this decisions that you just you're going to hurt yourself more than the other person that's how determined you are to to break up yeah yeah but yeah some of the conversations in that that movie i i want to rewatch it just for like several scenes of conversations that are just so good well, I've loved everything Martin McDonough has done. I just yeah. look forward to it. And this one kind of punched me in the gut. And I thought, yeah. I want to love this movie, but I don't know if I can. It's just so heartbreaking. <laughs> so did you like Three Billboards? Oh, I loved it. Yeah. I love Three Billboards. I did yeah, too. that was a good one. That was a good one. Yeah. Okay, Mark, what else you got? Okay, so, so, so those, those, are, are, those my, are main ones. Those are my clear three, and then I have why others. You, why don't you whip through some of your I'll just your I'll just tell questions. you. Um, Note is on that list. Um, okay. Did you see Note? I did. Yeah. Nope. Yeah. Okay. Um, I. That's another movie that really just 
it just it stayed in my head after I left. I just couldn't get out of my head. And and I, I there for a while I was like, okay, why was that scene played up so much? Why did we see so much of like the chimp in the uh, uh, you know in the '90s sitcom oh, Gordy yeah. Gordy's home? And because I mean the movie starts with that, and he and um, it's so chilling. And and then you pay attention so much to every single shot of that movie, like where the characters are looking, what they can see, what's in their field of view, and it's not just like oh, this is a camera trick. Like, it's actually part of the plot of the movie, like where the characters have to look, including in that scene. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And I think it's a good lesson sort of on, like, spectacle, like what we're willing to do to get the shot. And, um, yeah, right. Uh, I mean, it's, it's interesting that a, a lot of the plot of the movie doesn't just revolve around really, like, what is out there or what does it want or what's it doing to us? It's can we get a picture? Like, can we prove it? You know, like there's a big scene and you don't yeah. usually see that in a, in a, a, a supernatural type movie. And I, I really, I don't want to spoil it, but I, I really like some of the, um, if we ever do a spoiler episode of note, there's really some cool things to talk about that I think are two great sort of twists in it. Um, and I didn't see either one. So, you know, maybe a lot of people did, but just well, one of the uh, things that really got to me, I mean, his visual styles are unbelievable. That, the use of the inflatable men, I thought, was absolutely brilliant. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but I thought the you know the that third act where you know things were happening and looked like people were caught in curtains and it it looked a little cheesy to me and like oh no no this is mm -hmm. that's that's where it lost yeah. me. That that one was interesting yeah. though because I don't think I think it was a less is more thing and maybe I'm just defending Peel a little too. I think much he ran cause... out of money. Well. <laughs> I think he's got a plenty of budget. I don't know, but I actually rewatched that scene a few days ago of of actually the people inside the 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 sh the creature, the ship, you know, and and yeah, it really is just it's like one camera shot. You see a few people kind of going up. You hear a lot of the gross, you know, screaming, um, and it almost makes it scarier than just showing a bunch of different angles or showing the outside of it. Um, and you just you just want to get out of there as soon as possible. Like you're like I want to get out. I don't want to be in claustrophobic. Here any yeah, yeah, it's a claustrophobic sense, um, and, and even with the Gordy scenes, I mean, like the, at the beginning and in the middle, you well, really the beginning, you only see the point of view of the of the young uh, Jupe. I can't remember his name. Um, the the yeah, Stephen Young character. Stephen Young yeah. character. Yeah. Mm, oh yeah. Um, I think it's uh, kind of. I've read that it's like a Close Encounters meets jaws movie like his peel is a big uh, spielberg fan apparently like he it's kind of what he, this is his spielberg moment but it's funny i was watching i showed my kids back to the future 2 the other night a couple nights ago we watched it they'd never seen it but we saw the first one a few weeks ago so i wanted to go through them and there's a part where dot where the car as it's flying gets tangled up the delorean gets tangled up in those um streamers and one yeah, of the streamers right. is coming off the wheel and then oh, he's, that... he escapes, but then it's still there and it's hanging in the sky. And then at the end, it comes down and it like flutters down all the way. Yeah. And I was like, oh my gosh, Jordan Peele was copying that scene. Little flags at the, uh, okay. the, flags. At the open house. Yeah. Because you have those weird guys, those moving guys that they use at like used car dealerships or whatever yeah, right? yeah. that they use to help. Uh, well, and, and again, I, see, I, I, guess, I guess I assume everyone's seen this movie, but they haven't. But anyway. Those streamers, I know that Jordan Peele, like he had to have taken that from Back to the Future too, which is funny because it's not—it's a Spielberg-produced movie, but 
um, not Spielberg directed. Uh, yeah. But anyway, I liked it. It was scary and it was thrilling. And it, I mean, it wasn't like a jump a minute type of movie, but right. You know, I like his stuff, and I, I actually this that movie's in my top ten. Nope. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't put it in my top ten, but but I did. I guess I really loved the first half to two thirds of it. Mm-hmm. I really love the way he creates tension and the sense of suspense. And there's, you know, because the, for the majority of the movie, I was really, really interested to see like what is happening here, what is going on. And I just, for me, the, the payoff at the end wasn't enough. Yeah, it was. It was good. It was a good movie, um, but it fell to me. It fell short of uh, of his other of his other movies and you know, which is not that bad a thing because his other movies are pretty darn good. Yeah. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. yeah. But, uh, I just, I, I felt like the setup was a little, a little too much for what, uh, what, what delivered at the end. But well, it was kind of a Neo Western too. And I think yeah. he really wanted to show that at the end and, and he didn't want to do what he didn't make a choice. He could have made that could have made it a, a more, more of a tragic or darker type of movie. Um, and, but yeah, I think I'll just kind of leave it at that. But yeah, there, there was a, there's kind of a really Western movie ending that I saw in, in a couple different shots. Um, so I, another one I had was the Batman. I, okay. I didn't see this till, like, I remember when you reviewed it, you, you and I can't remember if um, Danny had seen it too, but you saw it early on and I, I didn't see it till middle, middle of March. Um, so it was after you talked about it, but okay. that was, uh, I, I didn't expect that. That was, it was an interesting, it almost felt like a, like a seventies crime thriller or like a detective kind of, I don't know. They were so oh, different. Yeah. No. Uh, and that's, that was the thing that stood out to me about it was that it, the emphasis, I mean, yes, there was action. Yes. There was a lot of kind of superhero stuff. But it was much more of the Batman is the world's greatest detective procedural right. stuff. Right. Yeah, that that was good. Not I, like I, I wham, like, bang. I didn't feel like it was dragging. I right. thought it yeah. was dark. Yeah. I mean, not like. Oh yeah, yeah. It was so it was dark. hard to see. I, yeah, it was yeah, hard like... to see in parts. <laughs> yeah, was it was dark. Then. It was it was great. Kind of like steampunk the... Batman too. You know, it was like. Yeah, it wasn't any fancy gadgets. It was just all like, "Yeah, I'm gonna uh, kick your butt." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the, the funny I love I love the Batmobile. I I love the Batmobile. It was pretty cool. That's huh? a great one. I the yeah. one thing that sort of cracked me up though is how he kept showing up with the police in his full Batman outfit regalia, and so he's oh. just like along with them, and they're all kind of mad he's there, which you kind of find out why later more. But it, it was funny how he's just he's like. He's just walking around in a costume with a bunch of policemen, you know, helping. That was, that was a little odd. Like it it's Halloween or something. Yeah, like it's Halloween. Right. It's his outfit, but yeah, the yeah. Uh, the Colin Farrell was in that one as well. He he had quite right. a year with After Yang, also. Um, and I that's a movie I've started. I just didn't get a chance to finish it, so I, I wish I could talk about the podcast. I liked it so far, but that's another Colin Farrell movie. Was After Yang? Oh, um, After Yang. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I haven't seen that one either. Um, okay, so we talked about the Fablemans. That just barely yep. made my top ten. Um, Spirited, also. I grew Steve, um, and uh, we actually, I actually saw that in the theater. That was sort of our annual family going out to the theater Christmas movie because my parents hadn't seen it. So I've seen it a few times. It's on Apple TV. Uh, written by the same songwriters from La La Land and The Greatest Showman. Um, the Bad Guys. 
that was a fun kind of kids movie. I don't know if you oh, guys saw that. Animated. One. Now that's a good an area because I love Puss in Boots. I thought it was fantastic. Oh, I, I was shocked at how much I loved that movie. Okay. And I, I also liked the Pinocchio. Um, Guillermo del, del Toro. Del Toro's Pinocchio. Not the not the Tom Hanks one. Tom Hanks one was horrible. And in fact, that, <laughs> oh. I forgot about that. Let me put the. <laughs> Hanks is yeah. That's no, I, I I assumed I assumed you were talking about the Del Toro one. Yeah, I thought it was beautiful. I even liked Marcel. Did you guys see Marcel? That was that was one I was going to bring up. Marcel okay. the Shell with shoes on. I that was that was my favorite animated movie. I and w- even though uh, Apollo Ten and a Half yeah, was up there, that's that one was. Fun. I love that. I was as well. so glad that I finally saw that because that one that one I saw pop up on Netflix a while ago. And I think people kind of talked about it. I just didn't get around to it. But then when I was, you know, oh, I got to be able to, you know, make sure I check out some animated options. But uh, that that was fun. But but I think I would still give the nod to Marcel. I think mm. that one was just I need to see that sweet one. little kind movie. of a, kind of a different level. Yeah. How really. about RRR? Did you get a chance to see that? I didn't. I didn't. You guys I have, have so got many hours to see this movie. <laughs> it's three hours. It's from India. And it is the most action-packed movie you'll ever see. They took 320 days to shoot the darn thing. And it is just... And 80 million bucks in India is like $5 trillion, apparently, because (laughs) it is all on the screen. Every shot is absolutely unbelievable. And it's not only the the best foreign language film this year, but it might be one of the best movies of the year. Okay. So if, and I think that one's also on. It's Netflix. on Netflix. I it's think. on Netflix. Yeah, yeah. I'm telling no, it's you, there. Just, that one. That was was on the list. It's just one of the ones I didn't get to. Yeah, it, I know. Three hours. I sat there and I'm like, all right, entertain me. I'm like, holy crap! <laughs> it, it did just and that. It delivered. Yeah, it did. Nice, nice. And they're not subtle. They're, that's the thing about India. That their movies. There's no subtext and none of that crap. They are like, <laughs> I'm a good guy. You're a bad guy. Let's get it on. <laughs> <laughs> kind of nice, kind of nice. Yeah. Okay, cool. Mark, Mark, whatever what else did you have? Oh, I, so another kind of surprise movie that just hit me that I wasn't expecting was Chippendale Rescue Rangers. It's, yes! Oh, what? It hilarious. was so creative. <laughs> I love the mixing mixing of animation styles. John um, Mulaney was hysterical. He was so funny in it. I, I just, that kind of slipped in, I guess, to the top ten if I'm doing a top ten. And then the last one would be Elvis. Um, okay. Not a perfect movie. It's kind of right on the edge, but I, it, I, again, I think Austin Butler was the highlight of the movie. Um, yeah, just did amazing, and and it had it had that sort of undeniable Boz Lerman style that you probably either love it or hate it kind of a thing. Um, yeah, so I, those are my movies. Here. I mean, I have a few others to mention. I, I like the Adam Project. That was that was kind of a cool oh, one. That was kind of fun. Yeah. Um, but yeah, those are the big ones. Nice. Well, well, like I said, you guys have covered the ones that I that I kind of had at the top of my list. Um, there, there are a few more that, I mean, I, again, this this is more lowercase g good, and maybe not good enough that I'd actually want to add it to my collection. You know, that's kind of the level that that a lot of these are at. But I think they definitely still worth are, are worth mentioning. We talked about Marcel the Shell. I thought that was really cute. Um, we haven't talked about unbearable weight of massive talent. That one was a lot of fun with, uh, Nicholas Cage playing himself. I, I almost wanted that one to push a little farther 
you know, because it had such a crazy concept that I felt like they really could have gone over the top with it. Yeah. And it was almost a little too, a little too safe. Yeah, that might be a good way to put it. Um, but I still, I still enjoyed it. Um, so there were, there were a handful of foreign films. Um, RRR, I guess I'll need to put on the list um, because some of these other ones were ones that you recommended, Steve. Yeah. You, you mentioned uh, uh, Broker was oh i didn't uh, even watch broker real oh you, you, okay because well you mentioned that it was it was a, it was a the guy's, potential one and it, it was good yeah. it was very good i heard it it's was, a very uh, it looked like a very sweet movie yeah well so so for the sake of categorization i guess broker and decision to leave were both south korean films right. that were very very atmospheric uh very very character driven and uh I would I, I would recommend either one of them if you if you enjoy foreign films if you like things that are a little bit more you know kind of cerebral and and you know kind of what's going on here what's going to happen Broker is about uh, well it's kind of about like the adoption side of human trafficking right and then then decision to leave is kind of a combination it's almost like a like a film noir you know romance slash murder mystery. Um, both of which, you know, for the sake of time, I can't break them all down entirely. But uh, but I liked I liked both of them quite a bit. Um, South Korea has been making time, some great movies. I mean, the yeah, last ten years. Yeah. So. No, absolutely. Um, now, I while we're on the the subject of foreign films, um, Close was really one that that kind of hit me. Um, it was it's about it's a story about these these two boys and and I'm trying to remember what are they, they're in France yeah it's a, it's a French film and they're these they're about you know 12 years old and so they're just like kind of getting started in middle school and they have this really close friendship but then you know when you get into kind of the junior high middle school years you start you know peer pressure becomes a different type of thing and and in this case it has very tragic results and it was just something that was very you know, I didn't, I didn't enjoy it the same way that I enjoyed, you know, something like Decision to Leave, but, but it probably got to me more than some of those other ones. Um, and then I really enjoyed 13 Lives, the, the Ron Howard movie about rescuing the kids um, from the cave. I went back and watched the documentary afterwards. Oh. Um, because See, I the, thought the like, documentary was, the was so good. Yeah, it's no, called, I remember you mentioned the that rescue, you like that wasn't it? That was last year's yes. movie. Yes. Yes, and that and they're but they're both because aren't they? Well, maybe Thirteen Lives is Amazon, and the rescue was National Geographic via Disney Plus, right? Is that where yeah, that one is? I think so. I'm not anyway, sure. where wherever it's at, they're they're both about the same subject. Um, I I really like Thirteen Lives quite a bit, and and I remember I remember that one kind of striking me, and just you know maybe it's just because I'm kind of a sucker for the the uplifting, you know, it was a kind of a triumph of the human spirit type thing and, oh, yeah. and uh, left, left me, left me feeling good at the end. Talk about which, mission uh, which impossible. Is, which is nice. You know, that's... Oh yeah. Well, and like with Top Gun, it felt like I really liked the way that they illustrated what was happening, what needed to happen. And it, it made the stakes very clear because instead of just kind of arbitrarily saying, Oh, these kids are lost in this cave. Are we going to be able to get them out? You had a sense of, this is why this is such a difficult task. Oh, yeah. This is this is where they are. This is what they've what has happened since they got in the into that spot. And I just I, I really like the way it was was executed. Um, and then you know I, I also put I, I had uh, Weird and the outfit and Elvis and the Batman even. Um, I, Glass Onion was kind of fun. I mean, yeah, Glass Onion was kind of one of those the movies. Time, yeah, and it actually did you? I liked it more the second time. 
Okay. And I, I imagine that's something I'll see, I'll wind up seeing again. Um, I don't know if I would say that I liked it as much as Knives Out. And I don't know that it's the kind of movie that I liked enough that I would say, oh, this is like top 10 for the year if it was a really competitive list. But 2022 for me was not a really competitive year. Like there were a, a few movies that I really, really, really liked. And then there were a lot of movies that were good that I would absolutely say, yes, this is a good movie. But I, I guess overall, I felt a little underwhelmed by 2022. And, and I remember back when we, now Mark, I can't remember if you were on this episode, but I remember at one point early this year, we were going down a list of this is what's going to be coming out this year. And, and I, as we were, as, as Danny and I were talking about it, I remember thinking, and I think I actually said at the time, you know, this feels like it's going to be a normal year, you know, for the first, first time since, since 2020, it feels like the, the release schedule, this feels like we're kind of back to a normal release schedule year right mm. and even though that was the case i it doesn't feel like and and you know part of this full disclosure could be just because i still have this great nostalgia for 2019 that was such an incredible that year was an amazing so year. many <laughs> awesome 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 movies that maybe i'm just kind of still kind of feeling like the hangover from that that high and and wanting to get back there but you know and and to be fair and this this is credit to you steve again is i mean last year uh coda was that was far and away like once i saw that it was okay everything else takes a back seat this movie i i mean i'm still broken up over the fact that i can't get this thing on blu-ray so i can possess it Mm-hmm. Right. I want to be able to put it on my shelf, but it's this streaming, you know, Apple, Apple TV, you know, Apple uh, movie. And so I can watch it. But like there's this the, the collector in me wants to have it yeah. and, and, and stuff. And and I just didn't feel that about, you know, most of the movies I saw this year. So well, I, think, I don't know. I think but, the, the whole industry is trying to get its footing back. And that's part of Sure. You know, they're mm-hmm. trying to figure out, well, do we release it streaming? Do we do a week, you know, in the theaters and then put it in the streaming? And they're all trying to figure it out. I think Tom Gunn did it the best. I mean, they yeah. held out forever and yeah. made all that money. And then they now they can still make the money. I don't understand why others didn't figure this out. But anyway. Well, and because when we were talking about this earlier, I was thinking, you know, I think the 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 magic combination maybe is that they wouldn't have been able to do that without Tom Cruise, right? Mm-hmm. Because he's probably one of the very, the only people who would have enough clout to say, we have this multi-million dollar blockbuster and we're going to sit on it for two years, right? right? Oh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know who else would have the weight to be able to say, okay, well, yeah, we'll do what you say, you know, and, and because obviously it was the right decision. It totally paid off. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't think, I don't think that if it wasn't Tom Cruise in sitting in that cockpit, that they would have been able to wait. Yeah. And, and unfortunately I, I, he only no made a hundred million dollars. So he personally made a hundred million. He personally. <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah. No, he, well, it was the we, right. Should we start a, should we start a GoFundMe for him? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true. Like he, it had to be Cruise. If anyone else, it I don't think it would have happened because everybody was against him. They were pushing for it to be released, and now you, 
I think he's created even more buzz for the Dead Reckoning movies right. than that was already there because of how good like five and six were in the Mission Impossible franchise. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I think those movies are going to kill at the box office too. Yeah, Unless the first one's kind of underwhelming. The second one probably won't do as well, but yeah. So notice that, that none of us, at least unless I'm missing something, I don't think any of us mentioned a Marvel movie as one of our top for the year. You know, I wrote a few down because I did see a bunch of them. Um, and I just didn't, they just didn't make my top list. I mean, I didn't, I didn't really hate them. There were elements of all of them that I liked, the ones I saw. And I'm thinking of Doctor Strange, Thor Love and Thunder, and uh, uh, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. Um, yeah. The movies are quite different. I kind of have to give them credit for that. They're all three sort of in different genres in a way, I feel like. Because we talked about it. Like, we have this horror horror multiverse kind of yeah. elements of Doctor Strange. And then Thor, uh, I guess, Taika Waititi trying to create Thor Ragnarok unsuccessfully with Thor Love and Thunder. Yeah, that was the one I was disappointed by. Yeah. I mean, Doctor Strange, I could take it or leave it. Wakanda Forever was good, but... You know that's that's it was fine. I think the one I was disappointed by was was Thor. Love and Thunder because I was hoping that would be up to that same level. My favorite it, Marvel it, project this year was She Hulk. If you <laughs> have not seen She Hulk, it is an absolute stitch. It's hilarious. The young woman is amazing in it, and I, I just had a blast watching that series. Okay, nice, nice. If you haven't seen well, it, get, you got to tell you, it's really good. Well, and, and this this is a tangent that we could very easily spin off to, but in a lot of ways, I think that streaming series got to me more than a lot of the movies this year. And I didn't I, I didn't actually see She Hulk, so maybe I'll have to you check need to that watch one it. out. But uh, that and Andor. But, I thought yeah, that. no, and that that one I finished. I finished Andor, and and Mark, I finally finished uh, uh, Rings of Power. So, mm. but, but we're we're right now at okay. a, we're about uh, well, yeah, hour we'll eighteen minutes, and so later. so maybe we'll have to hold back on that one. But uh, but let's I mean any any final thoughts on any individual movies about the year in general? Anything that uh, that, that still needs to be said? Uh, well, I, the only other movie that we haven't mentioned is Wildcat in the documentary division. All right, if you right. get a chance to see that, uh, Wildcat is a, is a movie that I would put on a list. That was a good one. That was a good one. Yeah, I don't think I don't think we've talked about that on here yet, have we? No, I don't remember. Or, no, that. yeah, it's I mean, basically a documentary about a, uh, a a veteran, combat veteran who has PTSD, and he winds up kind of getting involved in a kind of a uh, animal rescue type of uh, uh, effort, and he's in. They're in South America, aren't they're they? They're in Peru. They, yeah, yeah, they're in Peru, and it's basically you know this documentary about uh, him trying to take this rescued uh, it's an ocelot i believe correct and trying to prepare it so that it can survive on its own in the wild and you know you have the you know there's some interesting parallels and mirroring going on there born free that was a good one right 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 and, but it was more about it's more about the guy and about the young woman who's you know trying to establish yeah. this program and they really fleshed out those characters i thought really well yeah no that was that was well done that was a good one that's all okay. i got Oh, that's well. We I think we've covered a lot of good ground. I think uh, we've definitely and and some some varied ones too. I mean, I I kind of thought you know I don't know. I just kind of assumed we were going to talk about the same three or four movies the whole time, but it just it does seem like we got some 
some range in there, which is which is nice. So I'm yeah. so glad you, you guys, brought up and, Chip and Dale, the, the Rescue Rangers. <laughs> that I was forgot fun. about that movie, and I loved that little film. <laughs> and isn't it great that nobody brought up Avatar two until oh, right now? Oh, that's right. We did not even <laughs> well, bring that I mean, up, did we? Great visuals, but the guy needs to learn how to tell a story. Tighten it yeah. up, dude. You, yeah. It's just, it just kept too going much. and going and going. And you, I read an article today. He took 10 minutes out of this movie. All the gun, the gunslinging, he said it was making him sick to his stomach. I'm like, oh, 10 minutes? Oh, what else yeah. could you? No. I saw so, that too. So I, so, and Mark, this is not going to spoil anything because Mark, okay. so, so Mark still has not seen this. Right. Um, I, I heard on another podcast, they, they made a really interesting observation that they say that the trick was that uh, that James Cameron is the Cecil B. DeMille of our generation, and that it, it's like he is kind of big budget spectacle. Yes, yeah. yes. Um, and and then I connected that to a to my own little spin-off theory, which is that that Cameron is kind of like how do I put this? If if anyone has ever tried to lose weight and to get healthy, you quickly realize that our culture is pitted against you right mm-hmm. because when you go out to eat the portion sizes are deliberately huge right yeah. and even way when you get the big. kids meal the kids meal is way too big the side orders are way too big and 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 the idea is we're going to give you more for your money right mm-hmm. and so this is a good thing we're going to give you ample content and and this is going to be you know we're going to give you tons and tons and tons and i feel like that's what james cameron does is that he's an all you can saying, eat buffet I, yes i am yeah. going to give you everything i possibly can and it's it, you know you're you're you'll be overflowing and and so on the in the one hand it's like well i don't feel like i can complain about that because there's like i'm getting all this content for my 10 15 dollars or whatever i paid but it's just too much hmm. and it just you know it would be so much better if it was more streamlined and if it was cut back a little bit and and i would i would feel just fine paying the same amount of money for a better film that still had some of these these features and these qualities that are just diluted when they're stretched out so much yeah yeah that's a good analogy he's he's the all you can eat buffet of filmmakers right he's the chuckarama of filmmakers. no that's that's too much that's too that's too too far too far okay guys thank you so much i am it's been so much fun to talk to you and uh, steve to have you on again and mark my Mark's pleasure thank you, you. i appreciate it um you bet you bet no let's uh let's do it again and uh look forward to a brand new year with lots of new opportunities and stuff um of course uh, if uh, if you have not already you can listen to steve on uh, the ksl radio show or the KBSL movie show with Doug Wright every week and on K-Bear and uh, you know maybe one of these days me and Mark will get around to writing some articles for Utah.film otherwise the uh, the Utah Film Pod will be uh, your go-to source for uh, for our takes but uh, yeah and uh, to everyone listening thanks for uh, being here with us this has been a it's been a, a great year great great year just in life if not a great year on the movie screen necessarily wherever you're at stay safe have a happy new year and uh, we'll talk to you next time Thank you.